Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Stewie, jam-packed NBA this week. We won't dwell on this too much, but normally I'd ask you questions like, oh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, etc." But I know the answer to all those questions. It's the LA Lakers. No. No? No. What? Yeah, it's like Yeah, of course. Six and 18 after the All-Star break. Even Orlando had a better record after the All-Star break. And this is with a playoff spot on the line as well. It's the Mo Bamba effect. Oh, very disappointing. So I guess we'll talk very quickly about the coach sackings. We can talk more about the Lakers later. Jay Williams referred to it as the most disappointing season in pro sport history. It would be up Let to alone it. basketball, it pro sports. The, the, <laughs> like, the thing is... I think it was Jay Williams. Yeah, someone on Getter. It's, I mean, it's hard. There, there's a couple of things that you've got to look at there. So Anthony Davis missed more than half the season. He missed 42 games. Yep. LeBron James missed 26 games. And Russell Westbrook played 78. <laughs> so like, you've got all of that stuff going against you. They had more starting lineups than wins this season. Wow. That, yeah, okay. that tells the story of yeah. how horribly disjointed this season was for them. And look, okay, LeBron played at a phenomenal level. He nearly led the league in scoring, but he's 37. Yeah. You can't single-handedly carry. You can score a lot of points, but he can't drag teams to victories the way that he used to. Again, I've alluded to this in the past. The Lakers' best move is to trade LeBron. They're not going to do it. No. They wouldn't dare do it. But that's actually their best play here. Yeah, they'll trade Because Westbrook. they're fucked. They'll they have, Westbrook. well, no, no, no one. Who's going to take Westbrook? But, well, I say this every time and yeah, then someone does. Someone does. Yeah. Well, it's like John Walls played 40 games since he signed the Supermax. Mm. Three seasons worth. Yeah. This season he was healthy. He didn't play one game. I said it before and I'll say it again. Dirk Nowitzki's played more games in the last five years than John Walls. Yeah, it's nuts. So, Absolutely nuts. What what'd you make of, of... So, okay. First of all, can LeBron be the GOAT if everyone else is a scapegoat? That's more of a rhetorical... <laughs> that's more of a rhetorical question. <laughs> It's <laughs> good, I like that. But but the Frank Vogel news. So Woj broke it like basically as the siren sounded at the end of the game. And yeah, this is a scheduled tweet. But basically, basically. <laughs> so what did you like? What did you make of that? Because there's been a lot of discussion about that, and everyone seems to have a different opinion. So it's really interesting. I mean, it's disappointing, obviously. First of all, for a guy to find out that he's lost his job from social media before it's even been spoken about with his current employer is incredibly disappointing. And what was his quote? Like, I don't know shit. I don't know shit, I yeah. haven't heard shit or something. Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. basically tells me that I've found out on social media yeah. rather than, yep. yeah. It, look, it's disappointing. Is there a way to stop it? No. Because we all know that Woj and all the other guys at ESPN, they all want to have that scoop. Well, it's not even just ESPN though. It's, it's journalism. Well, journalism in general, yeah. yeah. I mean, ESPN leads the way with that sort of stuff with those sorts of scoops. I mean, there's there's a number of them that do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and it's all about who can get there first. So, yeah. look... It was a shit show. It kind of sums up the Lakers season perfectly, really, mm. when you think about it. And look, again, I'll leave this with a stat. The Lakers have now missed the playoffs in seven of the last nine years. Between 1948 and 2013, they only missed five times. Wow. There so, you go. Well, I've got two things here. One, everyone knew this was happening. Of course. Everyone knew he was going to be the scapegoat. So it's maybe the one time you don't need to be first. Woj maybe didn't need to go there. I can understand with a trade, you want to be first. Yeah. This one wasn't necessary. But interestingly, does it make Frank Vogel a sympathetic character? Because now everyone feels sorry for him and it might actually help him going forward. Like, oh, mate, you got screwed by the Lakers, you poor bastard. Does anyone want this job? It is a poison chalice, I reckon, just about. Well, I guess quickly going back to Vogel, he'll land on his feet. Yeah. I mean, oh, he, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff that he did in Indiana 
is enough to tell people that he is a good coach. And he won a championship in the bubble. Yeah, he so did. he'll be fine. He did. I think yeah. he's very much a victim of circumstance. But yes, you're right. I mean, who would want that job? It's pretty much one of these ones where you just have to say, look, LeBron, who do you want? As much as it sucks, that's the way it's going to go. So the talk is Nick Nurse. I think he would be absolutely mad to go there. Absolutely. Absolutely mad. Anyway, we've got plenty of time to talk about that in the offseason. Brett Brown. Well, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think that will happen, but... Dr. Adrian Hurley. Well, I've heard one of your ones, Sam Cassell. So it'd be yeah. nice if he... Yeah. I think it was Michael Wilbon suggested him. Cassell. So it'd be nice if Cassell finally got that head coach gig. That would be awesome. Anyway, again, anyway. plenty of other things to talk about. We'll come back to that. I guess just to kind of draw a line under the teams that aren't still in it, the Kings have fired Alvin Gentry. Yeah, 30 and 52, missed the playoffs for the 16th consecutive season. Wow. I would personally have liked to see him get a full season with Demata Sabonis, Darren Fox, Davion Mitchell. But again, you can only really play the cards you dealt. And obviously the Kings management didn't think that was good enough. So out he goes. I might take this opportunity to do some trivia without notice. So you've talked about a team that never makes the playoffs. Do you know the team with the current active playoff streak? Oh, wow. (laughs) That's... That's one I haven't even really thought about. God. It's an interesting one. I, I, I don't even, it's it's hard for me to even guess what I would say because I know the answer. I mean, I'm probably going to say Memphis if you're saying that. No, they've had a couple of really bad seasons before Morant. Obviously not. I, I might have said Miami. Yeah, I would have said Miami. But did they before. miss one before Jimmy? Anyway, well, the answer is the LA Clippers, 11 straight seasons. Oh, yeah, of course. So, wow. yeah. Well, that's in jeopardy. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, well, should we get there? Yeah. So the planes are done for the 7-8. So we've worked out who our sevens are. Where do we start? Do you want to start east or west? We start by me actually saying to my boss on the phone today, I actually brought up your little theory about how this is the worst for the number one seeds. Yet again, the only two teams that don't know who they're playing right now in the first round are the one seeds. Yep. Ridiculous. The Suns have the 17th. I think it's the 17th. It's definitely top 20. Highest record of all time in NBA history. And their reward, okay, yes, they have home court, but their reward is finding out their opponent less than two days before game one. If ever there's a chance to steal one and therefore steal home court advantage, now, do I think any of those teams are beating Phoenix? No, I don't. But it's still not very fair. It's not. Yeah. Anyway, you actually got to see some. I I didn't get to see any, unfortunately, because I was working. I watched tonight and tomorrow. Where do you want to start? Start, I'll I'll throw to you. Start in the east, mate. No surprise at all that Brooklyn beat Cleveland. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, 59 points and 23 assists between them. Cleveland are not quite ready. And maybe not having Jarrett Allen on the floor is a slightly bigger deal than, oh, huge. than a lot of people. Well, and, and no Ricky Rubio. No no Colin Sexton. No Colin Sexton. That's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, so there, there's some big outs for the Cleveland Cavaliers. No Dean Wade. <laughs> huge. So, yeah, look, I didn't see all of the game. I kind of got to see a decent amount of the second half, but it just showed a really great formula for winning games for Brooklyn. If teams are going to double Kyrie or KD up high, Bruce Brown flashes to the free throw line and then you're playing two on three. He basically has to react to the defense. He's either throwing a lob to a Nick Claxton or an Andre Drummond, or he's kicking out to Seth Curry and Patty Mills. Pick your poison. I mean, you're this, big on these nets, aren't you? I, I really am. I'm really big on them. I, I mean, I just look at it and I say, again, this is another team that has been ravaged by injury all season and they've got all the pieces that they need. And shit, if Ben Simmons somehow finds a way back onto the court, he might actually be bad for their chemistry. Oh, I think defensively they need him. I, I, I don't think they can win without him. 
because their defense has been the Achilles heel of that team. And defense is harder to switch on at the flick of a switch than offense is, I think. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I, I think integrating him for the start of the playoffs is a really tricky oh, proposition, horrible. but I think it's still you'd still rather have him than not have him. Yeah. And I think that slowly but surely he can fit into that Draymond Green role. I, I, I yeah. Speaking of of Woj, he's actually reported that Simmons could be back as early as next week. Okay. So that could even be game one, even actually. Mm, more likely, probably the weekend. Game. I think of the game ones. So yeah, maybe game, game, game maybe two, game, game two, two, or two or three. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's still, huge. Still huge. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side, Minnesota survived a scare against the Clippers. Even with Towns having a what seemed to be a really shocking game and fouling out with what seven minutes left or something, yep, it's a lot of time. Yeah, but Jesus, that game has got me hyped for the playoffs. Oh yeah, I, well, I was just messaging you and the Throwback Hoops boys. Shout out to Woody and Robbie that I was starting to feel really excited about the playoffs. Like yesterday, it started to hit me. You know, I'm like, oh, we're close now. We're really close. But it sucks because you've got to get excited about the play-ins as well. Well, you know, it's yeah. But no, it, look, this was a hell of a game. The atmosphere in Minnesota, that is probably the most intense I've seen of a, say, playoff crowd in inverted commas, obviously play-in. But yeah, I mean, the Wolves got one first quarter point out of Cat and D'Angelo Russell combined. Well, Cat didn't have a point to half time. Mm. Yeah. I think one point in the first quarter out of there. Yeah. And that's interesting because I heard Russell actually played quite well in the end. So, oh, he did. He yeah. did. After quarter time, he he was absolutely, he had 28 after quarter time. You had Anthony Edwards who showed out really well in the first quarter. And Pat Beverly. I mean, love him or hate him. He's insanely good defensively. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it, that's why they got him. It cannot be understated though. Like, do you want to know how you know that he wanted that more than anyone else? His reaction afterwards. <laughs> well, that's one thing. That's got a lot of attention. He he had a game high eleven rebounds in that game. Yeah, right. Wow. He just wanted it more yep. than everyone yep. else. And yeah, come crunch time, you know, he's he's Dean one on one up against Reggie Jackson and yeah, you know, switching on to Paul George, these sorts of guys. Man, no one could really do anything with him. He's that good. So yeah, look, this this team gets after it defensively. They're they're gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of fun in these playoffs. So they've punched their ticket for only the second time in the last decade and only the eighth time in their entire history, I believe. Wow. So so that's that's great news because I was a bit worried that they might fall out. And and I look, it's maybe not the end of the world. I think that would have given them a lot of hunger over the over the offseason. But they did win 46 games. They should be there. Absolutely, they should. Yeah. On the flip side, someone that shouldn't be there, how about old mate Glue Girl? Did you see that? <laughs> Absolute fucking Do you know what she was protesting? Animal rights. Yeah, 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 that's right. So yeah. that was glue that was probably made out of a horse. Yes. Like <laughs> it was arts and crafts glue. <laughs> it's never gonna stick to the court, you moron. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, glue girl. Yes, yes. Yeah, you beat me to the punch because I was gonna say, oh, who are your favorite glue guys in the playoffs? And then that was gonna be my leader. <laughs> I saw a tweet that somebody put out that said glue game is greater than flu game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Timberwolves fans will think so. Oh, yeah, so good. Glue game. Oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. magnificent. <laughs> but no, look, well done, honestly. Well done to the Timberwolves. And again, like guys like Jared Vanderbilt, guys like Jaden McDaniels, like they're so much fun. I cannot wait to see them in the first round. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No, them versus Memphis. Oh, that's a fantastic so match. So much fun. And we'll do our pick shortly. We will. So we'll talk about, so the loser will then play the winner of tomorrow's games and... It will be Spurs and the Pelicans. Now, when we talked with Alex in episode 95, I went on about the Spurs. I didn't think the Spurs would make the playoffs. I need to make that clear because 
you could be forgiven for thinking that's what I was saying. I was just bloody annoyed that we're in 10th spot for yet another season. <laughs> so I knew we were making the play in. I don't think the Spurs will make the playoffs. I think that they'll probably lose to the Pelicans and probably the Clippers will then beat the Pelicans. Nah. I don't know. Nah, Spurs, will, Spurs will win the championship from there. I, I give us a chance against the Pelicans. I wouldn't be surprised if we beat the Pelicans. Yeah, I think, but I don't, I, think, I don't see us beating the I Clippers. I think you beat the Pels and lose to the Clippers. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I'll be rooting for the Spurs now that they're in. Hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. Then on the other side, Atlanta and Charlotte is a very interesting proposition. Although, again, injuries are going to affect it a little. Yeah, I still think Atlanta, they've got the experience. I'm just not sure that Charlotte's ready just yet. Still could be a hell of a game. But you just worry. I mean, you think back to last season's play-in and the Charlotte versus Indiana game yeah, was yeah. over Woeful. by yeah. basically halftime. Yeah. You just hope that it's not a repeat of that. Yeah. But look, Cleveland versus Atlanta, if that's what it ends up as, will be very fun. Yes, indeed. Yes, very much so. So let's let's do some predictions. We know most of the series. Obviously, we don't know that one V8, but we can predict the ones in that one anyway. The bracket was so tight in the East that numbers one through 10 were only separated by 10 games. And according to ESPN Stats and Info, that's the closest for any conference since the NBA-ABA merger in 76-77. So that's... I, that's in, Yeah, that is insane. Not quite the same in the West, but that's that's the East. So let's talk about the East first. All right. So look, the 1-8, Miami versus Cleveland, Atlanta or Charlotte. Who you got? It's tricky, isn't it? So I think Cleveland and Atlanta would put up more of a fight. I, I, I just... I can't see Charlotte winning these both games. No. I really can't. I, I think... My gut kind of says Cleveland, actually. Okay. To make it. Okay. But I would I would probably pick Miami in I'll say six. Ooh. Whether it's Atlanta or Cleveland. Okay. I yeah. got I got Atlanta, Cleveland losing in five. And if Charlotte gets through, I've got a sweep. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami's yeah. not dropping a game for Charlotte. I agree with oh, that. It's interesting. You give them two games though, I guess. Yeah, oh look, winning on the road. I don't know. Atlanta, I could kind of see potentially yeah. getting to six. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, more I was was more thinking Atlanta, but but I think, yeah, I think Cleveland might get... I mean, no John Collins is a big out. True. So, yeah, no, that's going to be very interesting. Mm. But but I do think Miami will get through, yeah. regardless. Yeah. yeah. And and look, they're really flying under the radar. They're not getting enough cred. No, absolutely not. And they're probably very happy with that. They're probably happily just ticking along while everyone talks about everyone yeah. but them. Everyone's forgot we're the number one seed. Yeah. Whoops. The playoffs are a completely different beast. It is about matchups. And it, it would actually be... We, should, we might have to go back and look at how often number one seeds have actually won the championship because it's probably not all that often. Mm, true. But home court throughout the playoffs. It's huge. Uh, up to the finals, if they met the Suns, of course. Yes, very true. Now, Boston-Brooklyn. Probably the most mouth-watering. Toss a coin, basically. Yeah. Oh, this is tough. It is tough. I mean, home court for Boston is huge. Their crowd is phenomenal. Defensively, Boston are an absolute beast of a unit. Tatum and Brown, probably two of the most talented scorers in the entire world. But Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. Yes. And Kyrie Irving is still Kyrie Irving. And I would take those two over Tatum and Brown at the drop of a hat. To me, I think this series just comes down to the secondary guys. It's whether a Seth Curry or a Patty Mills combo or a Marcus Smart-Derek White combo kind of shows up more. And which one of those two combos kind of is more productive throughout the series is probably likely to be the team that wins. But for me, the big, big thing is Robert Williams not playing. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's huge. And for that reason, I'm picking Brooklyn in six. Oh, it's so tough because I really, I don't want to disrespect Boston. They did a tremendous job to get into the number two seed in the end. But the Robert Williams injury does worry me. Now, integrating 
Ben Simmons worries me a bit too. And the Nets defense worries me. I kind of, all right, I'm going to take Brooklyn in seven with Durant going absolutely ballistic in game seven in Boston. Like 53 or something? Yeah, like big. Yeah, 50, a 50 probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, that's 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 definitely fair enough. I mean, the thing is, we're talking like it's a chasm between these two teams. It's seven games. And you've got to remember that Kyrie didn't play most, well, that's right. most of the season. That's right. That's and right. James Harden was overweight before he got traded. It's just oh, it's just such a shame that such a good team is in such a low seed. But it means that we're going to have a really gangbuster first round, hopefully. But also, when you've got Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, and to a lesser extent, Toronto and Chicago all in the same conference, it's going to happen. Yep. You know, two of those teams have got to play each other. At oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So moving on to the three-seed Milwaukee playing the six-seed Chicago. So Chicago's worry is that they've been really shit against good teams. So they finished the season 1-14 and 14 against the top four teams in the East. And that's the second worst winning percentage by a playoff team in the top four of their conference since 1984. Only the 2019-20 Orlando Magic went 0-14 were worse. And they were not in... Well, they were the eight seed. Yeah, they, they, they were not going to do anything. Mm. So, look, I don't think Chicago will do anything either. I think, unfortunately, they've hit a skid at the wrong time. I think the Alonzo ball injury is huge. Yep. I'll give them one. I'll pick Milwaukee in five. I think this whole season from them was actually derailed by that Grayson Allen flagrant against Alex Caruso. Oh. That broke his hand. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's true. That's another important that defender. Really screwed their momentum. So I'm I'm with you. I look, I think this one is probably over in five as well. I'm gonna take the Bucks in six just purely because of DeRozan. Yeah. And the way that he's been playing this yep. season. Well, he's been next level clutch, like one of the top four clutch stats of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I'm gonna give Chicago two very reluctantly. If it's over in five or less, I won't be surprised. Yep, me neither. Now, this is mouthwatering too. Philly and Toronto. Now, I was really hoping for a Philly-Brooklyn first round. It didn't happen in the end. Uh, they managed to, to dodge them. But they were in fourth seed. And I'll tell you what, Toronto Raptors, no Matisse Thibel. What, like, Aussies must be hated in Philly. Ben yeah. Simmons and now Matisse. This was probably the worst matchup that Philly could have hoped for. You get the one team where there's basically a massive issue with this whole lack of... Is it the second jab? I don't know. Was it... It's the second jab, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why get the first if you're not going to get the second? It makes no sense. Well, and you know what's interesting? So this this if Toronto get through, this could prove a problem in the second round for teams too. Like I heard, for example, that two very prominent Boston players aren't vaccinated, for example. Okay. So this could rear its head in future rounds, but we'll get through this round first. Yeah. Will they? That's the question. Look, I, th- I mean, look, let's be real. Nobody can stop Embiid. He's, one, probably, He's a beast. probably one of the three most unstoppable players. And funnily enough, all three of them MVP candidates. Yeah. But Toronto actually took the season series 3-1 and Embiid played in three of those four games. So I guess the issue that they have on the flip side is that when Toronto plays against Philly, they really struggle to defend guys like Pascal Siakam, Boucher had some really good games against them as well as that backup center. And no fireball who would be his primary defender. Exactly. For away games. This is a major danger series for Philly. That I could easily see them going out in the first round. I'm not saying they will. Yeah, I think Philly in seven, personally. Yeah, I'll, I'll head, head in that direction too, I think. I think if Thibault plays, it's probably over in five. Yeah, eight, yeah, six. it changes things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that makes it a lot closer. But yeah, geez, again, Aussies can't be popular in Philly at the moment. No. <laughs> Crikey. Well, and Brett Brown, as I said, like mentioned before. Yeah, yeah with the was, Aussie connection. I mean, he's, not, he's not an Aussie, but he was no, an Aussie No, but he was connection. here for a while, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
In the West, Joey, obviously, as we said, we don't know who the Phoenix opponent will be. Either way, we think they'll go through. They're trying to become the 15th team in league history to lose in the NBA Finals and then win the championship the following season. The last team to do so was the Warriors in 2016-17, who... Sorry. Don't remind me. Sorry, yes. They got Durant <laughs> and they beat Cleveland. There was obviously the Spurs in Miami, I think, was probably the one before that. Yep. Does, oh, yeah. You've reminded yourself of yeah, that. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. So equal, <laughs> you've, equal opportunity. You've chopped onto your own stuff. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I have. I've played on. Now, do, like, is there any scenario in which Phoenix don't sweep? Uh, yeah, I think there is. I think there is. If they get the Clippers, I can very much see one game in LA. Yeah, I could see the Clippers taking maybe a couple, actually. Yeah, I think if it's the Spurs or the Pelicans, it's a sweep. I've got sort of Phoenix in 4.5. Yeah. Kind of hedging the bets. But yeah, think, it's like that. I think five against the Clippers and probably a sweep against the other two. I'll do the same. I'll say, I'll, I'll assume it's the Clippers and I'll say Phoenix in five and maybe we revise those picks if we, uh, if, if that's not the case. You watch Chris Paul will do his hamstring in the first oh, game. Oh, that wouldn't be good. And then the Clippers will win in five. That would not be good. Oh, that'd be horrible. But I, I didn't respect Phoenix enough last season no you really didn't and did you? you picked the lakers to beat them in the i did and well most people did i know you didn't yeah. but a lot of people did hang, but, on, hang on my hat on that one. yeah <laughs> we got to it's like i hang my hat on the josh giddy pick six True. i respect them now i i appreciate them i'd still probably pick milwaukee over them but you might get to I, I think there's a very they've got the inside track well here's the question i'll ask it now how many teams in the West can make the NBA Finals, realistically, do you think? Phoenix definitely can. I think Golden State could. That's my answer is two. <sighs> Look, I, I would have said Dallas before, before the Doncic injury, Me which too. we'll talk about in a second. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Utah and Denver, if the cards fall right, and again, all it takes is one injury. Yes. Oh, yeah, of if course. Yeah, yeah. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Steph Curry's still not right. If he doesn't come up, th there's a lot of these things that could very, very easily fall into, I guess, the right side for the likes of Utah, who are fully healthy, as far as I'm aware. Denver, uh, no worse off than they were yeah, well, that's <laughs> at right. the start of the season. So yep, yep. I would say tentatively two and even more tentatively, maybe three or four. What do you reckon about the East? The East is kind of a whole different ballgame. I, I think you could make a case for Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philly. So you could probably make a case for five of them. I'll say, oh, I don't know about Philly. James Harden is so shit in the playoffs. Yeah, but he's not that shit in the first round. No, no, but we're talking about who can make it to the oh, finals. Oh, yeah, true. Good point. I... I I reckon only four. I reckon Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. I'm just talking about teams that have the tools to actually get there, though. And, and oh, yeah, Philly have the tools. On, but I, On paper, yeah. yes. And I, I, yeah. yeah, I know. I wouldn't put my house on it. Don't get no, me wrong. No, no. But, yeah, if we're talking about teams that could make it, five probably for me, four and a bit maybe. Four, yeah. four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, we'll go with that. Anyway, sorry, I jumped ahead there. So Memphis and Minnesota is that mouthwatering uh, matchup we talked about at the top of this segment. Yeah, as fun as I made Minnesota out to be, I still think Memphis are too deep, regardless of the fact that they're so inexperienced. Jaron Jackson Jr. is huge. Massive. He's made a massive difference, and he's helped be the difference between a play-in surprise and a second seed. So I think, I think Minnesota could upset them, but I don't think they will. Look, for me, it's going to come down to a couple of things. So the Jar Morant and Pat Bev matchup is going to be oh, fascinating and you know Morant plays better in the playoffs too like he's a big game player Absolutely. so that's going to be fun to watch and as you mentioned Jackson Jr. in Towns I think will be a lot of fun Josh Okogie there's no guarantee that he'll play 
So that's kind of a big one. He didn't play any minutes today. Right. So that's a that's a huge thing. And for me, I just think Memphis's bench is too deep. And for me, I've got Memphis in six. I don't want either team to lose. That's the problem. No. Well, I think both teams will be better for it, and they're on the they're on the way up. The Grizz, how's this? The Grizzlies' average age is twenty four and four and a half, basically. Well, so months. Well, yeah. <laughs> so so they're the youngest team to finish with the top two record since minutes became official in nineteen fifty one fifty two. I think really the only, ESPN stats the only way to describe them. Diaper Dandies, baby. Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, Dick Vitale. Yeah, I love them. Diaper Dandies. I, I reckon Ja Morant's good for at least 150 this series. Oh, okay. He's a big game player. Hey, I'm down with that. I love Ja. I know, you, I know I you're a massive Jam. fan. I, I'll, I'll take Memphis in... Oh, I want to say five. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I thought you were hovering between six and seven there for a second. Well... I hope it goes. I'll seven. say six. I'll say six. I hope it goes seven, personally. Oh yeah, I'd love to say. I hope they all go seven. I, I, I'll say six. No, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not against. But, I'm not against it. Yeah, um, it's oh, more to watch oh, though, of course. If it's like Miami Charlotte, I hope that doesn't go seven. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I look. I, I watched every game from the second round onwards last off last playoffs. So I don't know if I'll be able to manage it again if they're all going seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's a so, tough ask. See how we go. But uh, yeah. Golden State Denver is a very interesting one. The most intriguing first round matchup for me, probably t- well, maybe tied with Brooklyn and Boston. Certainly the most intriguing in the and West. In this, yeah, in this conference, yeah. I want the Nuggets to win, but I guess it, it just comes down to Steph Curry. Yeah. He has not been right since the whole Marcus Smart incident a few weeks back. If he can't go for games one and two, and he is questionable for those two, that's the Nuggets' chance to steal home court. And Definitely. If, if they do, then there's every possibility that Denver gets through this one. How's this? So I read this on ESPN today. The Golden State Warriors' big three, so Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, they were on court together for 11 minutes this season. <laughs> the day that Clay Thompson came back, Draymond Green went down for two months with a back injury. And then the day that Green came back, Steph got the current injury he has now. So like, geez, oh, at the wrong time. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I think that extends the series. If if they were full health, and given that I don't think Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. are no, coming back, I don't think so. Pr- probably the whole playoffs, from what I hear, mm. but definitely not this round. I don't think, unless that's a card they're going to play, which would be great. Play the wrestling music and and you know. <laughs> and here it comes, Jamal, <laughs> yeah, Jamal Murray. <laughs> oh my God, he's holding a chair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, and he's been suspended now. <laughs> As long as there's no Morris brothers around. <laughs> Luckily, it's Golden State. Oh, sorry, with a chair shot. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say the Warriors in... I'll say in seven. I've got Golden State in seven as I'll well. I'll say seven, yeah. But, I mean, again, if Curry doesn't play the first two, there's every possibility it's Denver in six. Now, the next one is so hard to pick, Shuey, because do you know much about the Luka Doncic injury? Yeah. How bad is it? Oh, I mean, it's not great. It's not. It's a strained left calf. Do we know... What is he going to miss any time? There is quote no timetable for his return. Yeah, so this is the problem. So he could play game one, but he might not. Yeah, and he's probably going to be hobbled. And do you know the fucking stupidest part about this? It's all Jason Kidd's fault. For some unknown reason, up sixteen late in the third quarter of a game against the Spurs that ultimately means nothing. Doncic is on the floor. It's like the Derrick Rose. It's exactly Thibodeau. Yep. Jason Kidd is Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> do you know the funniest thing though? He wasn't even meant to play. He actually had a one-game suspension. That's right for the text. Rescinded. They rescinded. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah not uh, not great, unfortunately. And realistically, because of that, 
I've got the Jazz winning in seven. Yeah. Which annoys me because I don't really like Utah. I I think Utah missed a bit of a golden opportunity this season. They're 22 and 23 in their last 45 games. Wow. And they blew 15 double-digit leads. Wow. The Utah Chokers. Listen to some of these teams. At the Magic versus the Wizards. At the Pistons. At the Lakers twice. Mm. There's some really bad choky losses for, for the Utah Jazz. So I'll tell you what, if Luca was full health, I'd pick him in five probably. Mm. But this one's really hard. I, I feel like Luca will still, I feel like he might have a bit in him. Oh, I'll take Dallas in seven. Okay, good. We've, we've finally, finally, finally yeah. we've got one that we disagree on. <laughs> oh dear. No, look, it's, I, I hope you're right because I'm not a huge fan of Utah. I don't, I like Donovan Mitchell, but I don't really like the rest of the team. But yeah, I, I dare say Mitchell goes ballistic. Royce O'Neal limits Doncic. Gobert gets like four blocks a game and the Jazz move on. That's my it's, Yeah, look, it, there's, there's every possibility. Yep. So look, we won't spend too much time on awards because we just don't have the time. We'll kind of smash through them quickly and then we can reflect on them as they're announced. Hmm. Who, who have you got for MVP? We want to give our tips so that... It's on the record before it actually yeah. gets announced. I mean, at the moment, obviously, it's a three-horse race. It's Giannis Embiid or Jokic. I've got Jokic by a nose at this stage. I mean, you could make a pretty decent case for all three of them. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I've got Jokic. Just quickly before you mention your pick, did you hear there was a Serbian forward who's declared for the draft named Nikola Jokic? I did. I really hope it's just Jokic wearing one of those moustache and glasses <laughs> combos. You know, like the Groucho glasses. <laughs> Fuck, that'd be terrific. Uh, I think he's actually meant to be quite a good player. So, okay. yeah, I think so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I've got Jokic. It's not going to be any surprise. I've, he's my favourite player in the league. I bang on about him all the time. First time ever a player has had 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds and 500 assists. Ever. Second time in history to rank in the top 10 for all four categories in a single season, joining Russell Westbrook, who did it in 16 and 17. In March and April, 31.6, 13.7, 7 7.5 assists on 62.3% shooting. He really, I think, won the award in the last couple of months when it was very tight. Mm. I think I actually have Yana second. I, I disagree. The reason, very simple. The defense. but not, Well, not even so much that. It's just Giannis has had way more help. Yeah, if, yeah, if fair, look, fair. So... Drew Holiday, 67 games. Chris Middleton, 66 games. And then if you look at Embiid, he basically had, what, no Ben Simmons, no very little bit of James Harden. Sorry, probably like 20 games, 21 games. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. And they finished one game short of the two seed in the stack. Yeah, yeah. First centre since Moses Malone in 81-82 to average 30 points a game. And the only centre ever to average 30 points a game in less than 40 minutes. Yeah, okay. He had a pretty bloody good season. Yeah, no, you're probably right. And obviously that's a big nod for Jokic as well because Murray did not play a single game and Porter Jr. only played nine, nine. games. Yeah. yeah, He led the Nuggets in total points, rebounds and assists in each of the last five seasons. To put that in perspective, the next best is Wilt, James and Doncic with three. So yeah, superb player. All three in any season and geez, you could extend oh, it to God. Booker. There's, Jason, there's, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum as well has played there's out of his skin. There, of there's been several guys who have been absolutely fantastic, but for me yeah. So long story short, Jokic. Jokic. Yep. Defensive player of the year, who you got? Oh, I'd love to see Smart win it. Get it away from the big guys. I can't give it to a flopper. I can't. <laughs> I just, I can't. It's, yeah. No, Darren Jackson Jr. for me. Uh, just led the league in blocks, block percentage, and total blocks. He 
has guys shooting 28.2% on ISO plays against him. Like he's superb. You can make a case for Smart very much so. You can make a case for Draymond Green, Bam out of bio. There's there's so many guys that you can go bear every season, basically. Yeah. 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 As I say, for me, like, yeah, Smart, the leader of the best defensive team in the league. I just can't give it to a guy. Who I think, yeah, the record is why a lot of people might pick him. That That is a, a trickier one. It is. Sixth man, not so tricky. I think we both got Tyler Hero. <laughs> I mean, he locked that in months ago. Yeah. What's he averaging? Like 25 and four or something? Or Yeah, it's about 25 and five, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, easily leading the league in guys coming off the bench for scoring. Jay Sean Tate actually had 22 in his one bench appearance this season. So he's <laughs> uh, he technically led the league, but that doesn't count. But shit, I mean, you could make a, a massive case and a shout out to Bogdan Bogdanovich, Luke Kennard, Jordan Clarkson, Cam Johnson, Kevin Love. It's still hero easily. But, well, they were number one seed. But a lot of guys. Yeah. A lot of guys in that. Now, probably the hardest one of all for me, most improved player. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So for me, it's between Tyrese Maxey and Jordan Poole. Maxey did a superb job from basically being a bench scrub who didn't get many minutes at all last season to becoming Philly's starting point guard. As you said, no Ben Simmons, pretty big responsibility, played superbly well, 17 points and a good amount of assists too. Jordan Paul, well, big reason why Golden State finished where they did. I know you were skeptical no, of him no, heading into the season. And that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm always happy to put my hand up and say, I got that one wrong. And I, I, I love Jordan Paul's game. He's like the third splash brother, basically. Oh. Maybe the splash cousin. Oh, okay. Although Demarcus Cousins tried to be a splash brother. Yeah, so. well, that's true. Mm. Mm. Half brother. I think I'll go with Maxi by a nose because point guard and a bit less help on the team than Golden State. Oh, Golden State did have their injuries. It was a very impressive season. Again, as you say, it's so hard. There's so many guys. Maxi by a nose. Maxi. Maxi the Mexifone. I call it the Mexifone. <laughs> See, it's so funny. I had two completely different players in mind. And again, you could make a case for Desmond Bain, Ja Morant. But for me, it's between DeJounte Murray and Anthony Simons. And maybe you just weren't trying to be a homer. I appreciate that. But for me, Murray went from being this really solid player to an all-star franchise player for the Spurs, led the league in steals, doubled his assist numbers practically. And then Simons points went from 7.8 to 17.3 a game. He didn't lead the Blazers to any kind of team success, whereas the Spurs made the play-in. <laughs> Yay. So I guess there's that. And that's why I gave it to Murray personally, because I just think the team success that the Spurs had was probably a lot more than people were expecting after they traded away most of their good players. Oh, and no one's put up those numbers before, mm. ever, with the two steals. Yeah. When you add the steals to his points, rebounds and assists. So yeah, no, he'd, he'd be a very good choice too. Yep. So many very difficult absolutely it, it'll be really interesting to see how the voting comes out i can't wait yeah <laughs> i, I don't wait. think there'll be a clear winner here nah definitely not rookie of the year oh it's it's got to be scotty barnes yeah i think so i think the 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 playoff like kate cunningham from all reports has been excellent I, i'll be honest i haven't seen one detroit game all season you're not missing much so this one's a bit trickier for me to talk about because I'll talk about uh, so many fucking Lakers games on ESPN. But mm. ESPN kind of dictates what I see a lot. And often it's the better teams as well, obviously. It's the least amount of Spurs games I've probably ever seen in my entire life, actually, okay. even going back to the 90s. But the, the yeah, the playoffs, the two-wayness. It's that positionless basketball, the way that he sort of does more. I, I agree. I mean, Cunningham did have a great season. And when you consider the fact that their two main 
veteran guys, Kelly Olenek and Jeremy Grant, barely played all season. It is pretty impressive what Cunningham did. And Evan Mobley as well. He had a great season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you can even make a, a small case. I think Josh Giddy will probably make first team or rookie. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, I'd hope so, yeah. But I think, yeah, Cunningham probably didn't have the pressure of the playoffs the way that Barnes did. And no. The way that he came in and contributed right from day one. Whereas I think Cunningham kind of worked his way into the season. For me, I think that gives Barnes the, the nod. Yep, agreed. Coach of the year? <sighs> Taylor We're going to say the same thing. Taylor Jenkins just over Monty Williams. I mean, the, the Suns' best team in the league, they ran away with it. They made the finals last year, though. Memphis won 56 games. Morant missed 25. Dylan Brooks missed 50. Now, it's- this is a tricky thing because there's no criteria, is there? But generally, this seems to be the award that goes to the guy that brought a team way past expectation. Yep. And that's why guys like Pop have... Has he ever won Coach of the Year? He's like the all-time winningest coach. Yeah, I don't know. So it's it's often this scenario, and that's why I have Jenkins a nose ahead of Williams as well. Because, look, it is very hard to back up after a, a finals loss and do what they did, and I'd be perfectly happy with Monty Williams winning it. Three-time Coach of the Year. Three-time. Okay, well, there you yeah. go. 2003, 12, and 14. Okay, well, there you go. But, but still, yeah, there, there was a number of guys you could put in there. But I think those two are probably the, I guess, the runaway favourites. And I would give it to Jenkins. 14's an interesting blueprint then, because that was the year after the Spurs were heartbroken. Mm. Now, granted, Phoenix didn't have the level of heartbreak. They didn't have the Ray Allen corner three. But, they had, they had it, the, but, but if form <laughs> follows, maybe Williams will win it. They had the Giannis alley-oop, though. Yes. So just quickly before we move on, Nath, I just want to run you through something that I've kind of noticed. And Usually the last week of the season is horrible. Truth be told, I don't often pay attention to it, but I'm starting to realise that it's like a much better version of Summer League. In the- ah, interesting. Yeah, where Austin Reeves can be Oscar Robertson, basically. Well, this is it. And this is a perfect segue into to what I'm going to talk about just quickly is some of these guys that are usually you know, off the bench, maybe not playing huge minutes or are just complimentary pieces that are doing huge things. Austin Reeves, first undrafted rookie in NBA history with a 30-point triple-double. 31, 16, and 10 in that crazy win over the Nuggets. First Laker rookie with a 30-point triple-double since the logo, Jerry West. And the fourth rookie ever with a 30, 15, and 10, joining West, Oscar Robertson, and Blake Griffin. There's that, there's that mention of Oscar Robertson. Absolutely. There, there you go. Absolutely. There you go. Emmanuel Quickly for the Knicks. 34 points, 10 boards, 12 assists. Same game that Obi Toppin had his second straight career high with 42 against Toronto, two nights after dropping 35 against Washington. Does New York move off Julius Randle and become the Obi Toppin show? Well, you consider dangling him for trade because I don't know if he's worth the contract he's paid. No, God, no. Yeah. I'd be keeping Toppin and making him the guy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd be keeping Toppin regardless, but, but it's an interesting one. Mm. And, and and that is the benefit of late season is getting a good look at guys. Who do you want to keep? Who do you want to add to the rotation? Who do you want to dangle for trade? All that sort of stuff. Yep. John Concha guy who's been on the bench quite a lot, still playing okay minutes for Memphis, but 17 points, 13 boards, 10 assists, another shining light for that Memphis team that's just vastly overachieved. Did you see, though, they still had the triple-double watch-up after Conchar got his 10 assists? <laughs> Did they? No, I yeah, didn't. they stuffed that up royally. <laughs> and then a massive find for my Thunder, Jalen Horde. Most guys haven't even heard of him. No. Very small sample size. He played seven games this season for us. Averaged 14.7 and 12, including a 24.21 rebound game against Portland and a 27.17 rebound game against the Lakers. Mm. Not bad for a guy who is six foot eight. No, that's impressive. Yep. It's it's very hard to put OKC performances in context, though, when they're tanking so hard. True, but someone's got to put the points. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Look, he's, uh, he's they're doing brilliant. themselves 
many favours as they potentially look for a new team or, as I say, try to get more minutes in a rotation next season. So, And it's funny you mention that. The bottom four teams this season are the exact same bottom four yes, yes. as last season. OKC, yes, Houston, Detroit, and Orlando. And, jeez, they were tanking pretty hard at the end. Portland were tanking real hard mm, at the end. A few teams really pushed hard. Yeah. Yep. yep. Just a couple of other quick ones. We forgot to mention it in the Atlanta talk. Trey Young led the league in total points and assists. The second time that's ever happened. Tiny Archibald in 72-73. And can I say, he was fucking robbed of that MVP. Dave Cowens... Averaging 20 points and 16 rebounds. Good numbers. Mm. Archibald, 34 points and 11 assists. Mm. He's, he was robbed. Interesting. Just comes down to the record. But now whenever I think of Trey Young and I think about the plans and close your ears, Woody and Robbie, the regular season is boring or whatever that quote was. Like, well, if you weren't so fucking bored, you might be... <laughs> How many times are you going to mention that? Well, it's it's a pretty <laughs> shitty attitude, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Trey Young, actually. I think... Part of the bravado is what makes him probably able to do what he does, but it really is a double-edged sword. He's a, like, he's a villain. He is. And he you know, compared himself to Isaiah Thomas and thought he should be in the Olympic team after five minutes of success. Well, he's a good comparison to Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics one. Yeah, Isaiah had won championships and done all sorts of good things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Trey hasn't, but might need to pay his dues a little bit more. Yeah. And then just quickly before we move on, Kevin Love. Jesus, did you see what he did in that finale against Milwaukee? 14 minutes, 43 of playing time, 32 points and 10 That's balls. outrageous. Isn't it ridiculous? Absolutely outrageous. So, yes, quite a fun, surprisingly fun, actually, last week of NBA. It is, it is when you love a random stat. Just rounding out the NBA, so Bill Shonley has retired from the Portland Trailblazers. He was their first ever broadcaster and held the post for 28 seasons. He'd been with the team since 1970. Nickname Shones, he actually coined the phrase Rip City. Ah, nice. So he'll be enjoying retirement, I'm sure. That is a mammoth career. Much better nickname than Cream City that Milwaukee has. (laughs) Dear Lord. Cream City and Sacktown. So we'll absolutely race through the NBL. First things first, RIP Paul Kuyper. Yeah. Great character of the game. We were a bit young to really probably appreciate him. He was in those Wildcats teams. Yeah, yeah. and also played for Newcastle. and Gold Coast. My memory of him is at the, oh God, I want to say like 94 NBL All-Star game when it was Boomers versus Imports. He's just running around with a microphone. Yeah, he was basically doing the... Roaming Brian. He was basically, he was kind of doing Romy Brian, but he looked a bit like Billy Brownless. <laughs> and and the, the, you and I still quote this. My brother still quote this. So he goes up to this little kid and he's like, who's your favourite player? And he's like... Number four. And he's like, oh yeah, and who's number four? Michael Jackson. <laughs> and that's my resounding memory of Paul Kuyper. But anyway... All accounts, a great, great guy. Very sad for his family. So our thoughts go out to anyone and associated with Paul I'm Carter. sure he would want us to remember, want everyone to remember him in that light, you know, making them laugh. Making yeah, them as a, like, just a good guy who, yeah, that's right. A bit of a larrikin. And and speaking of larrikins, Gilbert Gottfried today as well. Mm. The man who voiced Iago, amongst other things, a good comedian. And that so. stupid parrot from Aladdin. Yeah, well, that is Iago. Oh, yes. there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, there you go. I'm clearly not a Disney guy, even with two daughters. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, well, Aladdin's the best one. Um, Toy Story is the best one. Nah, Aladdin. Definitely. Toy Story. Robin Williams. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> as long as it's not Frozen. Tangled. Oh, I've watched Frozen like five times this week. Really? Yep. Really? Yep. Jesus. Yep. Wow. Mm, rest in peace, my brain. The Stuart Fund for... 
dads that have to watch shitty movies, uh, please <laughs> jump on Twitter at sportblokes, sportblokes at gmail.com. Don't give Nathan money for that. So look, we don't really have much time for the NBL, do we? But not much has changed, has it really? Thank God. No, I think really the status quo hasn't changed at all this week. Sydney Lawara still on fire, still the form sides. Cannot wait for their upcoming match. United is still South East Melbourne Phoenix's daddy. Absolutely. Again, yeah, the yeah. Phoenix had a chance yeah, and again they blew it. I tell you what though, how good would it have been if Xavier Mumford's heave at the buzzer would have gone? Oh, that would have been impressive. That would have been huge. That would have been impressive. And then Perth still keeping Tassie and Phoenix at arm's length. So yep. Really, yeah. And have an Adelaide team that couldn't even beat an undermanned Brisbane the other day. Yeah, well. Adelaide have been woeful lately. Oh, a lot of teams. Have yeah, well, been. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not a not an amazing week. I mean, look, the, the throwdown was not too bad. But... Oh, I thought it was a good guy. That was, it was the, the one shining light of the round, yeah. really, or since we last recorded, yeah. But once again, the ball is in the wrong hands in the final seconds of the game. Mitch Creek doesn't take a shot for the last 3.36 of the game, and you've got Kyle Adnam taking the was potential. that long? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's poor. It's terrible. Yeah. So again, Kyle Adnam taking the shot. It's just like just get the ball yeah, to other. Yeah, they're not executing down the stretch. Get it to Creek. Get it to Mumford and get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Simple basketball. Yep. Aside from that, we have had some good news. Nathan Sobey's had his bronze medal returned to him. That put a big smile on my face. Yes, the league has returned to profitability. Apparently, Larry yeah. Kestelman. Very interesting numbers coming out of that. Which could open the door for Canberra to return. Yes. Which would be great. Absolutely and, great. And. I kind of hope they go down the same path as they did with Tassie and kind of use something, some sort of uh, fauna that is native to the ACT. So the Canberra Gang Gang Cockatoos. Okay. Yep. It's a real team. Yep. Don't need the cannons. Well. Yeah, I need mean the cannons, obviously. I, yeah, you know me. Of course, I'm going to say stick with the history, but yeah. Let's go Gang Gang Cockatoos. Gang Gang. Well, it can't be worse than Jack Jumpers, can it? So it's one step above. A thousand times better. <laughs> So we shall see. The Canberra cocks, they'd be shortened too then, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The cockies. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Basically, it's all going to come down to the facilities. Larry Kesselman is serious about it, but they need better facilities. That's the long and short of it, really. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. 